0: Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 5 through 13. We're going to read this in the ESV. And if you're joining us in person, there are ESV Bibles under your chairs. If you want to look that up, we encourage you to look that up because uh, you can't project it this morning. And for those joining us at home, feel free to look that up as well. Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And once you're ready to read the scripture, if you could please stand as able, if you're joining us here in person. If you're joining us at home, feel free to do that too if you feel comfortable. So again, Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And I'm going to read the scripture for us and we'll all respond at the end with thanks be to God. If the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: I, I, I was so tempted to, you know, keep on going with that for the kingdom and the power of Friends, today's message is um, seek first. Well, we're continuing in this series, seek first. Um, and today's message is called the primary prayer. And so, well, friends, uh, prayer I have heard, and you know, I think by experience this makes sense. That prayer is the most common spiritual practice for most people. I think I've, I've read somewhere that um, about like 80% of all Americans pray at some point. Um, and, and so even people who probably don't even consider themselves to be Christian or religious at all, some people still pray, right? And, and I was actually kind of wondering about this, you know, uh, because, yeah, I mean, definitely like a lot of us pray, but is there a way that we pray for us who desire to live in kingdom reality. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. How do we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And maybe in, in a lot of ways that may feel like, um, you know, like, like, not everyone is living in God's kingdom, in that reality. Not everyone wants that. So what are we praying for then? <laughs> and so I, I I just wanted to know, so I looked it up and there's this part of research that they did about um, what are the most common things that people pray for. And um, actually, the first one kind of surprised me. I'm going to do like that annoying thing that like YouTube links do, and like, you know, they're like, hey, do you want to know like this one weird trick and they don't tell you right away? Right, (laughs) you got to read the whole article. I'm going to tell you later. (laughs) What the number one thing that people pray for? You you guys might, or like kind of like what is like the, the, the main thing that, people are praying about. Um, I'll let you know about that later. Actually, the first and second one are just separated by one percent, because probably people are for multiple things, right? It's more than 100%, but the, like the two things are like neck and neck. I'll tell you what those things are in a moment. But friends, today we are going to be talking about the way that Jesus taught us how to pray, right? And so I call this message the primary prayer, because we have been talking about seeking first, Right? And so what does it mean then to seek first the kingdom of God? I wonder then, at different points, I have called this prayer the kingdom prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer because it is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, right? And um, in many ways, friends, I want to call this the first prayer. In the sense that if we are seeking the kingdom of God, I think this prayer is a great starting point. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if this is kind of different than the way most of us pray. I know a lot of us know the Lord's Prayer, but we know it more as kind of like like a a liturgical thing, right? More as like, you know, something that you just repeat, something you were taught in in Sunday school. But is the content of this prayer what most of us pray most of the time? Because the thing is, if we want to seek first the kingdom of God, we've got to put... First things first. The most important things, particularly maybe what God desires for us to pray, we want to pray in that way. And so let's take a look at Jesus's teaching on prayer. And so we're going to back up a little bit to verse five that we started in, because here Jesus teaches us first before he teaches us, uh, teaches us how to pray, he teaches us, us teaches us sorry that was like a tongue twister there he teaches us how not to pray. So verse five. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is an actor. A hypocrite is somebody who acts one way, but really is another. And he says, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room And shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now I know we don't live in a society anymore where maybe you know being religious or showing off is like kind of like a big thing. But still, I think you know, for those of us who kind of grew up in the church, maybe this is still applicable. Right? Where Jesus is saying, like he's not saying that definitely you should never pray with other people. You know, But I think the principle of this is there are some people that when they pray, they're kind of like using it to make themselves look good. Oh, man, look at how spiritual I am, right, like, kind of thing. And he's like, no, yo, if you pray in that way, you've received your reward. You wanted people to like you. You wanted to kind of manipulate their opinion of you, right? And so in this way, this first kind of teaching about how not to pray is about not manipulating people, not trying to control them or get them to like you. Right? Uh, the next part it says, and when you pray, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. So if you notice, the first one was for religious people, and the second one, like like the people of Israel, the people, the Jewish people, that Jesus's main audience. But he said, when you pray, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. That there's other people the way they pray, they're just they just say lots of words. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Friends, what is this one about? Now, by the way, I, I think a lot of us, we don't really listen to this second one. <laughs> uh, uh, because I think sometimes our prayers can be very boring. I don't think it is about legalistically Jesus saying, pray short prayers. Short prayers are more religious. It's more about the heart of that. Why are you using these many words? And, and what Jesus is saying is that maybe we think that we can manipulate God, right? If we pray in the right way, we're like, God, please, 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 Then he'll give us what we want, right? So check it out, guys. Two teachings on how not to pray. First one, don't use your prayers to manipulate people. Second one, do not use your prayers to manipulate God. You see that? And now we can look at the Lord's Prayer. This primary prayer. If you understand that what Jesus is teaching us about prayer is you are not the one in control. Mm. You see that? Right? Trying to make yourself look good. Trying to get people to think of you higher so that it raises your status and your influence, right? Or you're trying to get God to answer your prayers the way you want him to answer your prayers, right? And so now we enter into this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And so, friends, I think a lot of you guys know, you haven't memorized, but I want to show you, we're going to go slowly and just kind of peel through some of these, these uh these different things. I mean, definitely, we could do like an entire series on the Lord's Prayer, so we're not gonna go completely in depth, but I wanna show you the general kind of themes of the Lord's Prayer to see. And and the question is, friends, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad here, but I think, you know, for me, I I wanna seek the kingdom more, right? I wanna learn more how to pray. And I, I wanna tell you, even for me, as I was reading the Lord's Prayer this week, there was something that jumped out at me. I'm going to point that out in a moment, that I was like, I think I knew this, but I really didn't see this. And, and that's one of the cool things about Scripture, is that there's going to be stuff that if we have an open heart and mind, I think God may surprise you. The Holy Spirit may bring out these nuggets, right? Maybe even as we're reading it, it won't even be what I'm saying, but the Holy Spirit will give you some insight into this prayer that you didn't have before. That would be a really cool thing. So let's take a look. Verse 9, pray then like this. Don't pray like that. Don't manipulate people. Don't manipulate God. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. You may have heard it said that in in, in for for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel, they didn't really call God Father. Right? They had this holy name for God that a lot of us think is Yahweh. I am that I am. They had this reference. There was this kind of distance between them and God. The only times in, in, in the, the Old Testament where they talk about God as Father, it's a metaphor. Right? God is like a the Father. They won't address God as Father, but Jesus did. He's like, this God loves us, right? He's, he's, he's our Father in the heavens. Um, if you've heard kind of a, a Dallas Willard's teaching on this particular uh, uh, phrase, the heavens, that's actually what it says in Scripture. Um, his understanding of that is, it's not just in the sky, or in this kind of cosmic realm of God, but there's different layers to heaven. It. It's another way of saying, our Father, who is everywhere. He is in the realm of God, but He's also here. He's as close as the air you breathe. He's everywhere, right? Our God, our Father, who is everywhere. Right? I mean, we have early fathers. Our early fathers are not everywhere. This is a different kind of father. Holy be your name. Hallowed be your name. Right? This is really kind of old language. You know, that's where we get the word Halloween, right? It means holy. You know, and, and, and it's so interesting that that's the way that this prayer starts, right? How many of us, friends, let's be honest, do your prayer start with God? You're holy. We want your name to be blessed. How many of us start by blessing God. And it's not because God is this egomania. It's because friends, we are going to pray better and our lives are going to go better if we align ourselves to the reality that God deserves blessing. Right? That that is who God is. He's holy. Holy be your name. May your name be holy in my life. Right? It's not just kind of like yeah, your name, you know, is this kind of thing that, that we, we just hold with reference, but really just the reality of God, that God is holy in your life. Is that true for you? One of the things that I think I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed this too, is most of our prayers, the main content of it is asking for things. Isn't it? Right? We're like, God, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you you know, work in that person's life? Can you get me that job? Right? Can you Help me be healthy. Can you help cancer to go away in that person's body? And friends, dolls aren't bad things to pray about. But what you see in the Lord's Prayer is there needs to be an alignment first. Remember what we said, how we're not supposed to pray. We're not supposed to try to convince God with our many words to try to manipulate, to try to get Him to do what we want, right? There's this kind of old way that people uh, teach people how to pray, and, and it, it, I think it can be helpful. I'll be honest. I hardly ever use it anymore. But I think it, it's, it's kind of a nice way to teach people how to pray, especially younger people, uh, kids, Sunday school, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, because it helps kind of balance your prayer. And they use the acronym ACTS. Have you guys ever heard of this? Right? ACTS. Can, can you guys guess or if anyone knows? What is the A? What is the A? It's the first part of the Lord's Prayer. What is What is the A? Adoration. Adoration. Okay, good. Adoration. Yeah, it's it's praise. Loving God, right? Adoration. And so we start with that. The second one is confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. Supplication, I mean they had to find an S, right? Because Acts just <laughs> works better. Um But but supplication, it's the last part of it, and that's what we actually spend most of our time is asking God for things. Again, it's a part of prayer. Right, Definitely, you know, Jesus tells us we should ask for things, right? And you're going to see that later in the prayer, right? But at the same time, it is not the primary thing. We don't start there. Why don't we start there, friends? Why don't we start there? Because if we started there, I think, in many ways, please don't misunderstand me, but in many ways, we are making ourselves God. Right? It's almost like a genie. You guys probably have heard this this uh, uh, ma- metaphor or this, this kind of analogy. Um, that a lot of us treat God like a genie. We rub the lamp and we're like, okay, genie, give me good health. not well, we do that, right? We're like, okay, genie, give me that job. Okay, genie, you know, I, I, I want like a good, happy life. Whatever it may be. And this is the way we treat God. But look how different the Lord's Prayer is. The next part, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? This is the primary part. This is the heart of the Lord's Prayer. It is different than what the way Jesus teaches us not to pray. When He teaches us not to pray to try to manipulate others or God. Instead, we are asking for God's kingdom to come, right? Richard Ward, when he teaches on the Lord's Prayer, he likes to say, When we pray, Your kingdom come, we are also praying, My kingdom go, right? Is is that what we're saying? Your kingdom come, your reign, like your God, we want you to be the king. Come, come into my life and have the Lordship over all of this, <laughs> right? Over me, over this world. And what is that going to mean? That means I'm not in control I don't get to call the shots, right? Your will be done. Again, what does that mean? Your will be done means my will not be done, right? Friends, oh, this is so hard. I think it's so difficult for us because for many of us, um, We really, we don't want that, right? Your will be done on earth as as it is in heaven, right? So the way, God, that you desire, we want that to be true here. I said this before. A lot of us, um, you know, in the church, we've been so concerned about getting into heaven, right? But it seems to be that Jesus' concern was getting heaven into us, Right? How do we become the kind of people where in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in, in everything that we do, that our desire is, God, your will be done, not ours? It's so hard. It? And, and for a lot of us, you may be asking, okay, Pastor Steve, how do we know what God's will is? Right? And, and so... It, it, it's probably a longer answer than we have here, but I want to just share a couple of things in, in this, okay? Number one, we do have lots of clues in Scripture, right? And and per- primarily, um, you know, we, we have Jesus. We have his life, right? We have his, his example, you know? And so uh, I was sharing this with a youth group yesterday, and I, I think, like, I'm— I realized yesterday how old I am because I asked them about this thing and nobody knew what it was. You guys remember those bracelets that said used to say WWJD? No one knew what that was. They're like, "What does that mean?" I was like, oh, "I'm so old." <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? What would Jesus, what would Jesus do? do? Yeah, yeah. It was like the Pokemon of the Christian world back right? then. Like, 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 just everyone had WWJD bracelets and different colors. I mean, like, some of them were just, like, really blinged out, you know? But it was supposed to be a reminder that when you look down at your wrist, and just in everyday situations, you would ask this question, what would Jesus do, right? And so, sometimes, friends, I think we use it a little bit as a cop-out, when we're like, well, I don't know what God's will is, therefore, I can do my will. (laughs) i got to tell you, friends, in all of this, there is a battle happening, Right? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If somebody's king, right? If someone's in control, they're probably not going to want to give up that power. Last week we were talking about there is something ruling our lives. It is our flesh, our sinful nature, right? It does what it wants to do. It follows our desires, right? And that isn't necessarily what God desires for you right? But the crazy thing or, you know, the kind of insidious thing about it is that your mind is going to try to trick you all the time. And this is one of the tricks we play. We're like, well, since I don't know God's will, my will be that. <laughs> right? But friends, don't we know? Don't we know a little bit about God's will? How did Jesus treat you? You want to know God's will for your workplace? Just imagine how God would operate in your workplace. How Jesus would operate in with us. Would he try to manipulate people? Would he try to insist on his way? Would he try to just get what he wants? Would he trample on people and stab people on the back in order to get the promotion or to get the sale? Of course not. We know that, friends. And so, friends, we can't use that as an excuse, saying, "Well, I don't know what God's will would be in this scenario." What would Jesus do? Right? What did Jesus teach us? that the most important commandments are to love God with all that we are and to love people as if they were us, right? We don't have an excuse in that. And so in many ways, friends, that should be our guiding principle. How do we love like Jesus, right? Okay, second thing is, some of you may say, but but Pastor Steve, some of these situations are a little bit morally ambiguous, right? Sometimes you might have this question of like, okay, well, what job should I take? You know? Or, like, like what should I do in, in kind of like just everyday situations? How should I spend my time in these kinds of things? Or, how about this? This is another one. What if other people around me are not doing what I want? <laughs> what do I do in those situations? What if the world is not behaving in a way that seems good to me? Because, friends, I gotta tell you, That part of being like this little God, right? That's what all of us are trying to do. We're trying to be little gods who are controlling our lives. It's not enough for us (laughs) to try to control our own lives, which, by the way, is very difficult, and none of us does it very well. But we also want to control the lives of everyone around us. Don't we? Don't we? Is, is Is that true or not true? <laughs> how about this? You're driving and, and you have somewhere to get to, right? I mean, it's going to be tight. Like, you'll probably make it, but you got to do speed limit plus, right? You got to do that 70 plus 10 kind of thing. And there's somebody who just has the nerve to drive at exactly the speed limit. Well, how about this? How about this? You get really under your They decided. To drive 500 miles below the speed limit on this day, where you need to get somewhere, and it's going to be super close. And not only that, but there's two lanes in this highway, and both speedway. people have the nerve to drive five miles below the speed Friends, I, I like this might sound like I'm mocking people. I'm really not because this is my struggle. I'm just being honest. In that situation, I. Your will be done. God, your will be done. No. No, I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, what, like do you not know the speed level? Do you not know the rules of the road? let lane is for passing. They are going to face the wrath of God. Not the wrath of God, the wrath of Steve. right? I get so mad. It bothers me. I get, actually, why? What is that? What, what is your mind trying to do? Your mind is trying to, in some ways right? Let's be honest. It's trying to control the universe, right? It's trying to control other people, and you cannot control them, right? I mean, some of us were like, yeah, what, 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 what if I just gave them a little tap? <laughs> you, can't, you, know, you can't do that, right? But a lot of us, man, it drives us crazy, right? What if someone at work, or I don't know, your spouse, or, or someone in your family, for kids, right? Um, what what if they are just not doing what you want them to do? They're not listening to you. They're not cleaning up the way you want them to clean up. They're not chewing at the volume you want them to chew. They're not getting in the car at the speed you want to get that you want them to get in the car. What do we do? What happens? What happens in your heart? Right? Because friends, we could talk all day about actions, but I want to start more at the root. What is going on in your soul? Let's be honest. In your soul, what's happening, right, I know this because it happens to me too. (laughs) It definitely happens to me, is I want my will to be done, right? This is kind of the craziness of our minds. Most of us are not okay unless the world and the universe around us, everyone and everything around us obeys exactly what we desire in that given moment. There are some days where you just want to chill and you want to drive slow. And the person behind you wants to drive fast. And you're like, dude, buddy, calm down, man. Speed limit is 70. And the person behind you is like, Yo, you know, no one drives the speed limit. What's wrong with you? Right? This is where all of our conflict comes. All of us, we want to be God, and we want the universe to obey exactly the way we want to, and wars are started. Literally wars are started when our idea of what is right and good is different than someone else's. Is this true or not true? Right? It's definitely true in my life. Right? And friends, I, 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 I want to be compassionate because I understand it's frustrating, right? it's difficult, and it's not an easy thing to change. And so some of you are like, "But, Pastor Steve, you didn't answer the question <laughs> of how do I know exactly what God's will is. Well, friends, let me ask you this. Do you believe that God is active in this world? Do you believe that God is present? And and, and there's definitely this thing, this is the wild card that we throw in. It's this wild card of sin. Right? We know that this world isn't exactly the way God desires it to be. But where do we start the Lord's Prayer? Where do we start? Our Father, who is everywhere, He's in the heavens, He's right here, right? He's up there, but He's also here. Holy be your name. Right? You're holy, you're God. We need to acknowledge that, right? And so a lot of what we desire to do is we want so much our will to be done. In the absence of knowing God's will, we always insert our will, don't we? Don't we? We're always just 24 hours a day, we are inserting our will. We're asserting. We're like, I like this, I don't like this, it's too cold, it's too hot. This food is too salty, it's too bland, it's too sweet, it's too sour, right? Every moment of the day, we are always asserting our will, right? And friends, I'm not telling you that it's bad to have preferences or desires. But when I look at the primary prayer, the primary prayer isn't, God, give me what I want. The primary prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, this is the assumption I'm going to make. You can disagree with me. That God is working in this world whether or not you exert your will on this world. Is that right or wrong? Is that true? God is working whether or not I do anything. And so friends, my desire to do something, to get my will done is so great that I think one of the things we need to practice in the primary prayer and just in our lives if we want to seek first the kingdom is we need to learn to get out of the way. We need to learn for our will not to be done. So what would it mean to pray this in a situation like, like let's talk about the 65 miles an hour where two people driving side by side, they're going left in the speed of it. Well, you know you can't control it. You know you can't make the person get out of the way in a legal way <laughs> without violating you know, the scripture to love other people as if they were you. So what can you do? You know what you can do in this situation? Relax. <laughs> Relax. Remind yourself, like, hey, you know what? If I don't get there exactly when I want to get there, if this car doesn't get out of the way, I'm still in control. Learn how to let go of that, right? And literally, just to say, like, God, your will be done. Maybe that's all it means, is that prayer, right? Friends, you know, sometimes when we pray this way, or we think in this way, some of us might be saying, but Pastor Steve, what do we do then? You know, like, like it, it, does this mean we just do nothing, right? And it's very interesting to me, the next part of the prayer, give us this day our daily breath. Right? And by the way, now I'll tell you what the number one thing people pray for. 62% of all people pray, pray in this way. Do you know what it is? You guys know what it is? It's Thanksgiving. That's the number one thing people pray for. Not a bad thing to be number one. That's pretty awesome, right? And, and I was thinking about it. You, you know why I think it's the number one thing? This is my favorite. It's because a lot of people pray when they eat. Right? What do you pray? You say, thank you, God, for the food. Right, and so we've learned this from the Lord's Prayer. But as I was reading this, I was like, "But it doesn't say thank you for my daily bread. What does it say? Give us this day our daily bread. How is that different?" Right. And so you could be thinking, and I was thinking this at first that God, that Jesus is this is Jesus' way of saying thank you for the bread for today, and thank you for all the future bread that's going to come. But that's not what he says. He literally says give us this day's bread, this day's bread, right? So in other words, what Jesus is praying is he's living in this reality where he knows that every meal he has comes from God, right? God, I need this food right now and I'm gonna need it tomorrow, right? It is this dependency on God every moment of the day that Jesus lives in. And most of us do not, right? And so it is this way of praying and living, knowing that God is providing for us, and he's providing for us right now, right? Doesn't mean that, I mean, Jesus is praying, uh, 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 he's preaching and teaching, you know, everyday people who have jobs, right? They're farmers, right? They're, They're merchants, they're tax collectors, right? They're going out there and they're making money. He knows that. But he's saying that even though you're the one going out and doing this stuff, right, that ultimately everything you get, it is from God. You must live in that kind of reality, right? And, and then he goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver, deliver, deliver us from people. This idea of forgiveness, right, of not falling into temptation, right, Friends, if you were to design a prayer, like the perfect prayer, you'd probably put some other stuff, but a lot of what Jesus is putting in here is about letting go, right? You let go of the grievances, you let go of the temptation to try to get vengeance and justice for yourself, right? That, That forgiveness is one of the most important things we pray for. It's not about, hey, God, how do we fix that other person, I think a lot of us will want to pray for them. God, how do, can I get this person to be better, right? But what Jesus says is we need to learn to let go, right? We need to let go of the ways that other people have wronged us. You know why? Because God has let go of the things where you've wronged him, right? We want to live in that flow of forgiveness. Friends, Um, man, there is so much going on in this, but it is very cool. Right? I understand I, I just I just want to kind of end with um, there's another prayer that's like super popular, and this is not a bad prayer to pray. Um, it has been mostly co-opted by Alcoholics Anonymous. I think you'll understand why. Because alcoholics, at least you know the ones in Alcoholics Anonymous, are people who realize that they cannot run their own lives. Something else has started to run it, right? I mean, yeah, definitely the simple nature. And it's manifested it, itself in their desire to drink. They can't stop. Right? And they come to this place where they, their life gets so out of control that they need to learn how to surrender. Right? And the serenity prayer has become this prayer that a lot of people pray, needing to learn how to surrender. Um, this is the version most people know. And then I will to read you the full version because it's pretty powerful. Um, this is the, the shorter version. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Um, but this is the original Reinhold Niebuhr version. It said, God, give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed, which again, that's knowing God's will, right? Knowing what I should be doing, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is. Not as I would have. It, right? That's the whole getting out of the way. You're not God. Right? Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next amen How do we come up it is about learning surrender and, and I think that we will be a vessel who can be used by God that's going to come later but I think the first step needs to be we need to learn how to surrender our own will, how to be able to lay that down in those times when you're so tempted to try to make your will happen, to say, God, can I just accept what is already happening? I don't know exactly what is from God. I don't know exactly what is from sin. I don't know, but I trust that you are working in this world, and even if I were to just be still and not try to manipulate, not try to make other people act the way that I want, right? You're still God, and you are still good. And I can trust in that. There's so many of us. um, I have to say, if you're a parent, I think you're going to understand how hard it is to love someone and not control them. If you're a spouse, if you're in a relationship of any kind, you know how hard this is to love someone and not control them. And friends, in, in, in all of the things that God is telling us to love, in all the ways that God is telling us to live, to be able to let go of the control. And so friends, let's just take a moment as we go into the song. If there's something that you have been trying to manipulate, like something you've been holding on to so tightly, you can't stop thinking about it because your mind is trying to control it. Can we just simply just loosen our grip a little bit? Can we just relax and say, God, your will be done, not mine? Your kingdom come. My kingdom go. Can we just pray that for us? Your kingdom come. My kingdom go. Your will be